Thank you for listening to our podcast. For more information about our church, visit therockonline.org. And now a message from The Rock of Gainesville. So good to be with you this morning. Everybody glad to be in God's house this morning? I mean, where else were you going to be? Come on. So, um, you guys found out when I found out last week that I was tag team preaching with Pastor George during the beginning of the sermon. <laughs> but um, I, I do want to just break for a minute. I want us to pray over Pastor at the house. He's been really struggling physically. We were supposed to be together today, tag team in half and half on this message, but he and uh, P. Sousa are really home uh, battling this, some congestion, some foolishness from hell that we just need to cast off. So let's, let's just join with me in prayer. I want to pray health and strength over them. Oscar's been battling as well since they came back from Cuba. So let's just take a minute. Lord God, we thank you for your healing power. And we thank you, God, that you concern yourself with even the smallest details of our lives, God. And you concern yourselves even with the health that we walk in. So I just speak over Pastor George and Suzanne right now, and over Oscar and anybody else in our house right now battling all this stuff going around. Lord, you are not subject to viruses and things that go around, God, but everything is subject to you. So right now, by the authority of Jesus, we just speak life, we speak strength, we speak wholeness over them, and a quick recovery to return to that which they are called to do. In Jesus' name, everybody said... Amen. And we pray that Pastor Jamie can get through these four pages of notes. Amen. Amen. Well, excited this morning to continue the series that Pastor began last week, Know the Time. And um, we, we're going to jump in together to Romans chapter 1. And um, there's a lot of stuff in here. I'm assuming he'll probably be on this for a couple of weeks because uh, I figured with what I had this morning, it could have been a four-week series. <laughs> But we're going to give you a little bit of an overview and we're going to get into some practical things this morning. So let's, let's get into it, starting with verse 16. For I am not ashamed of the gospel, for it's the power of God for salvation to everyone who believes, to the Jew first and also to the Greek. For in it the righteousness of God is revealed from faith for faith, as it is written, the righteous shall live by faith. For the wrath of God is revealed from heaven against all ungodliness and unrighteousness of men, who by their unrighteousness suppress the truth. For what can be known about God is plain to them, because God has shown it to them. Did you know that was in your Bible? I'm going to read it one more time, because I don't think a lot of people knew it was in their Bible, based on how we respond sometimes in culture. For what can be known about God is plain to them, because God has shown it to them. For his invisible attributes, attributes, namely his eternal power and divine nature, have been clearly perceived ever since the creation of the world and the things that have been made, so that they are without excuse. For although they knew God, they did not honor him as God, nor give thanks to him. But they became futile in their thinking, and their foolish hearts were darkened. Claiming to be wise, they became fools, and exchanged the glory of the immortal God for images resembling mortal man and birds, and animals, and creeping things. Therefore God gave them up in the lusts of their minds to impurity, to the dishonoring of their bodies among themselves, because they exchanged the truth about God for a lie, and worshiped and served the creature, rather than the creator who is blessed forever. Amen. For this reason God gave them up to dishonorable passions, for their women exchanged their natural relations for those that are contrary to nature. And men likewise gave up natural relations with women and were consumed with passion for one another. Men committing shameless acts with men and receiving in themselves the due penalty for their error. And since they did not see fit to acknowledge God, 
God gave them up to a debased mind to do what ought not to be done. And they were filled with all manner of unrighteousness, evil, covetousness, malice. They're full of envy, murder, strife, deceit, maliciousness. They're gossips, slanderers, haters of God, insolent, haughty, boastful, inventors of evil, disobedient to parents, foolish, faithless, heartless, ruthless. Though they know God's righteous decree that those who practice such things deserve to die, they not only do them, but they give approval to those who practice them. That's strong. Now, we talked about it a couple weeks ago, and I want to give you a quick admonition before we jump in. I'm going to promise you something. You can't outlove God. So the adjustment that people would like to make oftentimes to the really tough parts of Scripture so that they can show that they're that much more loving than God is foolishness. It's a foolish pursuit that we think because it's not, we wouldn't voice it that way, but we then conduct ourselves in such fashion. You know what, Lord, you said this in your word, but I'm going to soften it a little bit because, you know, we got to be culturally relevant. And you're not around here right now, God, to see what we know in our infinite wisdom as humans. So we're going to adjust what you said in order that we would make more palatable your word in Jesus' name. It's a foolish pursuit but it's what we do oftentimes. And, and you'll notice one more thing before I jump into the rest of this, that the reason for this unrighteousness and this sin, again, because we did not like to acknowledge God, we did not like to retain the knowledge of who he is, is why that comes. Not because it's just kind of there and then God was figuring something out. It comes because we rejected the knowledge of who God is. It comes because we've rejected his authority. Okay, that's a precursor to what we're going to get into in a minute. Um, so I want to I want to I want to talk for a minute about um, this idea of where this all comes from, this shifting sand that we find ourselves on, and it comes out of this mindset most directly in, in, in kind of an academic sense. It's already always been there because of sinfulness, but here's a way to look at it more formally: is this idea of what we call postmodernism, right? Now, the interesting thing. Let me give you a tip. Some people will get in church and then you start talking about some academic subjects, something that informs people more intensely on a particular subject. And people are like, well, we don't need any and all that. We'll just quote scripture. Yes, absolutely. But realize this, that when the scripture says that the devil comes sometimes as an angel of light, he would like you to not know what we're talking about in culture. He would like you to be misinformed and uninformed. Because what will actually happen is then that which is absolutely in transgression against God's word, you have no idea. Because you had no idea what you were facing. You're like, well, I didn't need to know all that, Pastor Jamie. Y'all keep all that academic stuff, and I don't really look at the news and whatnot. But then you find yourself actually transgressing God's word because you went in unaware. Because you didn't do as Scripture said and be wise as serpents, yet harmless as doves. You didn't take seriously the fact that this stuff gets applied, and if the enemy is a master deceiver, guess what? He actually is a master deceiver. And he would like for you to think that what you're pursuing and what you're laying your hands to or what you're endorsing and what you're blessing is actually somehow in step with him when it's not. It's not in step with God. And so we've got to be aware of these things. So postmodernism is one of those terms that you can look at and realize this, that it's one of those ideologies that people have created. And they couldn't care less if you actually know what it means, but they would like you to live it out. All right? 
That's what the enemy likes. He doesn't need you to be able to articulate all your points of why you believe what you believe. He just wants you to cuss God and sin. I'm going to say it one more time. He just wants you to cuss God and sin. Very simple. If he's got to use 15 different theories that you never heard of and that professors in universities and movie makers want to push in some way through a film or through the media and social media, he don't care if you know what it means. He doesn't care if you ever read the book. He just wants to know that you're walking out his agenda of destruction. And so postmodernism came on the scene years and years ago. And one of the great examples I could use for this is actually something culturally. Years ago, a movie called The Matrix came out. Some of y'all know, you remember that. If you ask me as a critic, that's the only one who's worthy in the series. The other two you can do away with. That last, that's all you needed was the first one. Don't hate on me if you like the second and third. I thought they were useless. The first one was where we had it. First one was a good one. Um, and in this film, we see postmodernism played out. Um, so postmodernism is predicated and, 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 and founded on this idea of truth being relative and socially constructed. What does that mean for me on the day-to-day basis? What I say all the time, live your truth loud. You do you, boo, as long as you're happy. That is actually postmodernism. That's my example. You see that? Half those people who claim that life and live that and even have sucked some Christians into it don't know it's postmodernism. They don't know who Jean-Paul Beauriard is. <laughs> they haven't read the text. They don't know that. But the enemy is not concerned with you knowing that. He just wants to know that you did what? Cuss God and sin. I don't like you and what you're offering, God, but I want to do my own thing. And so in this film, we see this picture because the entire film is predicated on postmodernism. A lot of people didn't realize that. But um, uh, the guy, the lead actor, Keanu Reeves, who plays Neo, he actually had to study postmodernism. He read Jean-Paul Beauriard's works and many of the postmodernist works so that he could be prepared mentally to really live out this thing in the film. So it actually is a fully, script is fully based on postmodernism to express that. So Neo, the, the protagonist in the film, he's basically living this life where Morpheus on the left there, Lawrence Fishburne, is the guy who is helping him come to realize the fact that this is what it is. Truth is relative, that the world is just this construction of your mind, and if you can get full mental control and then realize that you are creating that reality by your mental picture, then he'll have the real power. That's what the film's about, right? Even to the point where when he goes at one point to this little kid who's this enlightened one, this little... This little um, kid who's kind of a, 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 a young Buddhist monk type, right? He's got the little shaved head and whatnot. And he asks him this question. He sees the little kid sitting in a room and they're together and he's sitting there looking at a spoon. And so, you know, it's a sci-fi thriller and all this. And you see the spoon start to bend. Obviously, we know it's not real. He's looking at it and the spoon's bending. And he comes to basically inquire of this kid, like, how did you do that? How did you get the spoon to bend? What was it that you did with your mind? And the interesting thing was not that believe you could do it, the statement the kid makes is, realize that there is no spoon. It was that far the construction of reality. Fast forward to 2023. You don't think we're dealing with this today? I can construct and formulate my own reality. If I say it and I feel it, that makes it so. You see where we're going, folks? None of y'all read none of these postmodernist books. Neither did they. Now, the folks behind the scenes, which is why I'll give you a very strong admonition. If you have a kid going into college or you are in college, you better know what's going on because you're on the main battleground. That's where a lot of this stuff comes from is our universities. 
Don't get mad at me, just go read the facts. That's where a lot of it comes from, it's from our universities. These things, those are the people who've actually studied those books, and then they want you to live it out, but they don't care that you're well informed. All I care about is if I have that agenda, I want to see you on the ground do this thing, which is what? At its root, way, way, way back, is for the enemy to get you to do what? I told you already, curse God and sin. I don't care how well-intentioned you are. At the root of it is the enemy's plan for you to curse God and reject him as Lord and authority and to pursue whatever sin of choice you desire. However clean and good it might look socially. Or however dirty, you know, there's still the sins that we can accept socially, all right? But they're all sin. Romans 3.23 tells us so. So the truth is that God gives us standards by which we live and definitions of our reality. That's the truth, right? God gives us these standards by which we live and definitions of our reality. Some of those, you know, right and wrong, male and female, righteousness and unrighteousness, sexual morality and sexual immorality. So God has a design and an order that's revealed to us in creation and by his word. And I'll encourage you this. The glory of God's creation can simply be stated as such and will point people to him. One of the, another great deception of the enemy has been for us to think that spiritual things are so otherworldly. This is even among Christians. They're so otherworldly that I can't just state them as this is the fact of my reality. I have to feel it somehow, right? And I'm telling you this, which is, I guess, why the Lord has me still uh, singing and doing worship ministry, because a lot of us as artists are susceptible because of feelings. If you're an artist in the house, don't get offended. I is one. I didn't just learn how to sing this morning. (laughs) Yeah, play instruments. I write songs, all that, okay? We are susceptible. I dance, all that. We're susceptible because of feelings and emotions, and then that, what does that do? That causes us to reject what is the foundational standard that God has given us, right? So what happens is, because it's so otherworldly that I can't really put a definition, so instead of having that brother who comes to church who's super sincere, walking in three sins that we see clearly biblically, rather than say, hey, bro, this is out of step with God's word, we think we somehow have to figure out some grand plan. How are we going to tell him? <laughs> How are we going to tell her? What are we going to do not to hurt their feelings? What are we going to do so that they'll stay and they won't run away when we tell them that this is out of step with God's word? Um, by the Holy Spirit, you tell them. <laughs> I know that was a tough one, guys. <laughs> but I struggle with the same thing because it's our human nature. Oh, my gosh, how am I going to do? Um, how about just point them to what the word says and trust that the Holy Spirit does what? What does the Holy Spirit say in the word? He comes to convict the world of sin and of righteousness and of judgment. I say it again. Convict the world of sin, of righteousness, and of judgment. It's not my job. My job is deliver it and walk in love. Now, as I recounted to you a few months ago, jerkiness is not a fruit of the Spirit. <laughs> so if it comes naturally to you to be a jerk to people, repent! God don't need your help to offend anybody. The truth offends them as it is. Okay, so you think, I'm just, I, just, I just keep it real when I tell people, no, you're a jerk, bro. Don't Just state the word. The word offends in and of itself. Learn how to be kind. If you'll come up just kindly but confidently and say the word, that's going to provide any offense necessary. <laughs> 
you really don't need to give the Lord help in that matter, okay? But it can be challenging sometimes to be that person of truth because we get caught up and then we get into the feelings phase. And then what happens is rather than look at God's reality and what he's given us, we now think we have to make some adjustments to the standard. You know, um, I, I, I had referenced her a few times because she so impacted me. I twice referenced Rosaria Butterfield, a Christian writer and, and, and uh, speaker. And um, she's a woman who... Um, back probably 30-something years ago, came out. She was a, um, a professor at a university. I'm talking like she was all in, and she was living a lesbian lifestyle and uh, was with her partner and wrote, like, the manual for the school for, like, all of what was, you know, currently now it's DEI and all the cor- corporations. She wrote one of those, like, things for her university. I'm like, she was all in. It wasn't like she was like, I'm struggling with you. No, she was all out, 100%. Man, grab a flag, run down the street, lady. And she got loved into the kingdom by some serious, serious Christians, a Reformed Presbyterian minister and his wife who just said, sweetheart, just come for dinner. We're not going to change who we are, but you are welcome at our table. She, and she kept coming. I was like, girl, you were glutton for punishment. She went. She went to the song services. She went at their house. They went to the church services. She went back to the house for dinner. It took a couple years, she said. And one of the most powerful things in that process was she said she was sitting there singing one day with them, these hymns. <laughs> and it was talking about the enemies of God. And she said, I realized, I had a revelation from God that I was his enemy. I was like, oh, my God. The Holy Ghost rolled up on her. <laughs> For sure. I was his enemy. Oh, yeah, those people far away, those really bad, nasty people. She said, no, my sin that I love so much that I say, I don't want... We just read it. I don't like to retain the knowledge of you, God. I want what I want. Put her as an enemy of God. Sweet, beautiful woman, gifted, wrote books. Enemy of God. Just like you sitting in the chair, just like me. That sin of choice or couple or ten, whatever it might be, puts you as an enemy of God. But guess how you come in? Jesus' grace comes to you. The mercy of the Lord so that you can then receive his life and then not only receive that life to be saved and continue doing what you were doing because to me you haven't really come to him at that point. But to really say, Lord, I turn from that to you because why else would I go back? What's back there? Darlene Check said it like this years ago, man. When we see him for who he is, our reasonable response worship reasonable okay it's reasonable you know what i'm saying i got my girl dana over here nodding when you see dana down here in the front dana's a little more expressive than, than some of y'all why <laughs> i love having her on my worship team here but but when i see i love looking over sometimes and seeing dana and the passion she worships with because it ain't just she's a, she's a, she's an expressive emotional person okay we know justin <laughs> just like i'm married to her i know Madison, she's my homegirl. I've been, we've been friends for, gosh, 23, 23 years, something like that. But, but what happens is she, she said, oh, how could I not in his greatness lift him up? When I see what my sin was separating me from, how do I not turn now and say, oh, Lord. And listen, if that's not you with a tear and a knee bow, that's okay. I'm good. But you, but you better be in a serious acknowledgement of how great 
and how awesome and then how amazing the sacrifice was that despite him being eternal and outside of us that he came and limited himself by this human form. Makes it a little different when you look at sin and sin that we want to keep on doing, huh? He left eternity, no limits, all authority, and comes down, folds himself, limited by time, limited by the physical bodies we have. Had to be a baby. Think about it. The Lord of all at the foundation of the world then had to be a baby. I can't even get up and walk and I want to walk. We don't think about it like that. I mean, I want to get up and go over here. That's why sometimes I, as I had, you know, I didn't have, well, she had six kids. <laughs> I, didn't have, I didn't have any kids. I was there for moral support. I was a champ right there, but that's about it. Um, but as all our kids came along to, to watch them, as they got a little older, I had more compassion for a really crying baby because you thought, like, you're laying it, you can't do anything for yourself. But you might be considering, like, I maybe want to get up and maybe I want that food, <laughs> which I can't even chew yet because I don't have teeth. There's got to be some frustration being a baby at times. But Jesus, the Lord of all, comes into baby, human form. Think about that. Is he asking us a whole bunch to repent and turn from these sins? That he's already provided us grace in order to walk it out? Come on, y'all. Come on, let's look at this a little deeper. So starting in the beginning of the, that, that section there. First point, God's the source of all truth and our salvation. He's the source. Verse 16 and 17 say this, For I am not ashamed of the gospel, for it's the power of God for salvation. To everyone who believes, to the Jew first and also to the Greek. For in it the righteousness of God is revealed from faith. For faith, as it is written, the righteous shall live by faith. The righteous shall live by faith. I'm not ashamed of the gospel. It's the power of God for salvation. To who? To who? Everyone. Who believes. The only block you have is whether you believe or receive it. That's the only block. It's not because you, you're rich, poor, black, white, brown, yellow, orange, green, whatever. Because you were this side of the tracks, that side of the tracks, or on the tracks. <laughs> they don't matter. It's the power of God for salvation for everybody who believes. Salvation and holiness literally come to us by God's grace, and on his terms, we don't get to redefine it. Listen to this carefully. If we did, God would cease to be God, and in turn, he would not be able to save us and change us. You ever think about that? When we want to adjust God's terms, we are adjusting it as if we are the arbiter of truth. Part of what makes him God is that he is the arbiter of truth. He is the supplier. He is the one who is, as, as, as apologists would say, the moral lawgiver. So if we now take that for ourselves, he ceases to be God. So that's my thing when you get wishy-washy with your theology and your doctrine about who God is and whether he can save everybody if they feel like it or do whatever you want and you're still getting in and all that kind of stuff. My question is how is he still able as the savior of all if he's not the ultimate authority? Now, like, really, ponder that. If I have now received back authority, which you haven't, you're just trying to take it back for yourself, how is God still able to save if he's not the ultimate authority of it all? He's not the one. I'm telling you, he is. But in your world, he's not going to be. 
because he's not going to play patty cakes with sin and say, you know what, for Melissa, I really like her and that dress looks pretty so she can keep doing whatever she wants. Brian, on the other hand, Brian, we got to tamp down on him. Daniel, I don't know, you know, he's super relational and cool with people, so maybe, you know, I kind of like that brother and he has curly hair, so, you know. (laughs) My boy, go ahead, you get away with that. No. No, it's for everybody. Listen to how the ESV Bible says it this way. The life of faith is all-encompassing. It's by faith that one initially receives the gift of salvation or eternal life, but it is also by faith that one lives each day. It's also by faith you live each day. You don't just get the one-shot deal and, okay, now I can do whatever I want. It's still by faith. The righteous shall live by faith. Come on. Let's go to the next one. Somebody say, pray for me. Clock's running. God gives us the framework for how the world operates and how we are to live under his authority. Romans 1, 18 through 23. Again, for the wrath of God is revealed from heaven against all ungodliness and unrighteousness of men who by their unrighteousness suppress the truth. For what can be known about God is plain to them because God has shown it to them. For his invisible attributes, namely his eternal power and divine nature, have been clearly perceived ever since the creation of the world in the things that have been made so that they are without excuse. For though, although they knew God, they did not honor him as God or give thanks to him, but they became futile in their thinking and their foolish hearts were darkened. Claiming to be wise, they became Fools and exchange the glory of the immortal God for images resembling mortal men, birds and animals, and creeping things. So we basically gave ourselves up, and in turn, God gives you over. God gives you what you want. That's why it's a danger, parents, for you to say, well, God, she'll shut up if I give her this. You better learn how to hold the line. Go outside, pray in the spirit for a minute. Go shoot a basketball, lift a weight, hit a golf ball, whatever you got to do. Go shoot a gun if you got the land. And then come back inside and be like, nah. (laughs) It's okay, baby. You can sit in that chair and cry. And if it takes you an hour of crying, the Lord will be with you. I, on the other hand, am going to the other room. So you work that out. You work that out, I'm going to be in the room talking to your mother, watching a show. You wrap that up and let me know when you want to come repent. <laughs> I'm just saying. Far easier. You know, it's, uh, the other thing that we learned having, having kids, man, for all these years, I'm like, man, you've got to learn how to get over your feelings as a parent. See, c- come on, doesn't it hurt when, like, your kid doesn't want to do something and they're disobedient and, like, you don't feel like their heart's there and you're, like, sad? You're a human being, absolutely. But it can't guide us in, in removing standards of truth because, oh, I just wanted to be my friend. No, 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 no. Wrap that up. Wrap that up. You got a lot of adult friends, and if you don't, come get, a, get in a connect group, all right? There you go, P. Ron. You see that? Coffee shops out there. It's open six days a week, man. Come on. There's friends out there. But hold the line on what God has called you to do in parenting and imparting. Next one, all departure from God's order and design is sinful and puts us at odds with him. Verse 24 to 25. Therefore God gave them up to the lust of their hearts and purity, the dishonoring of their bodies among themselves because they exchanged the truth um, about God for a lie and worshiped and served the, cre- the creature rather than the creator who is blessed forever. Amen. So what are some examples of this? Let's move down a little further. Verses 26 and 27. 
All right? For this reason, God gave them up for dishonorable passions, for their women exchanged natural relations with those that are contrary to nature, and men likewise gave up natural relations with women and were consumed with passion for one another, men committing shameless acts with men and receiving in themselves the due penalty for their error. This is very clear in Scripture, okay? And I was asked this question when I was teaching biblical worldview at the Rock School years ago by a young man who was struggling with, with, with homosexuality. I knew he was by the Spirit, and then eventually by just interacting with him, I could see by his actions that this is what he was dealing with. And his question, he asked anonymously in a class, I would ask, let kids ask a question either open and everybody knows who you are, or you can anonymously write it on a paper. And he asked, you know, why is sex such a big deal for Christians? They're always, oh, like they're, which is the, the world, tells you, oh man, you prudish people who don't know how to have fun. No, actually, again, let me take you back. Spiritual things are not so otherworldly. We can't just state them because God has given us a clear reality that we live by, okay? And if you are in a position right now where you or a family member or a friend is struggling with all that range of LGBTQ issues, right? If you're there, compassion and grace is there. Removal of truth is not. Compassion and grace is there. If you're one of those people who needs to learn it, shut your mouth until you get some compassion to go with your truth. <laughs> That's as strong as I can state it, the mild-mannered man that I am. So just close it up. Go and pray. That would be more helpful than you just popping off at the mouth because being a jerk is not a fruit of the Spirit. We've discussed this, correct? Good. We're, we're all together. I'm learning as you learn. <laughs> right? But, but this is this departure, and it's at the most basic level of humanity. What's the first thing? We go back to Genesis 1, and God does what? He creates them who? Male and female. And he says to them, male and female, be fruitful, multiply. Again, we state it clearly, yet with love and compassion. We don't have to like, oh, God, man, if I could scratch your head and figure out another way to say what you said so I could be more loving than you, God. Nah, bro. Nah. That's, that's where we already missed the boat. Boat's gone down some other island, you missed the entire boat. If we're ever thinking we have to adjust to make God more palatable. We, we, we give those things to people and the Holy Spirit will give you wisdom and guidance in how you do it. Okay? The Holy Spirit, very capable. <laughs> very capable. Dad, where are you at? Wait, Dad, wave at everybody. My dad's here this morning. Wave at everybody. If you wonder where the Chinese last name came from, that's Pops right there. I used, to, I used to preach to my dad, and I used to, he remembers, I used to leave him a little gospel tract in his car. <laughs> He's laughing, leaving a little gospel. I taped one to his steering wheel one morning. So I was in high school, I was like, my dad needs to get saved. And when I hit college, the Holy Spirit said, would you stop? I'm proclaiming the gospel, Lord. He says, love and serve your father and pray for him. I, I got this covered. And without any of my handiwork... <laughs> One day sitting in my living room when my dad, when, when Kylas was about 18 months old, my dad was up for a trip, and I just saw a different countenance. I just looked and knew that there's something different. I said, Dad, did you get saved? Did you acknowledge Jesus as Lord and Savior? He goes like, yeah. Sitting there at the piano chilling. I was like, you just like dropped it like you didn't want to tell nobody? <laughs> well, just so I knew so I could adjust the fasting schedule, something. <laughs> Brother's over here getting skinny. Because the Holy Spirit's well able to convict. 
Holy Spirit's willing to do his job, not to change truth, okay? But for you to still continue to stand on and walk in that truth, and he will carry it out. So these issues are very basic. Why? Because you go back to the form of a thing, okay? You go back to the form of that thing. And so I'm going to jump down, projectionists. I'm going to jump down to my last point. Not just for time, but, but I think it's time. <laughs> well, that last, the second to last point there for me, Nancy. Our goal must be to embrace all that God has established for us in all areas of our lives. This doesn't change. Again, based on your feelings, by culture, by the times, by the government, by friends, by world issues, by elections. None of that changes because our God does not change. The word says he's the same yesterday, today, and forever. He's the one who is established. So the fact that we don't like to retain the knowledge of God and authority of who he is in our lives does not change what his word says for all these areas. So we're dealing with issues right now of sexual immorality in our culture. We're dealing with issues of government idolatry. And by that I mean we think there's salvation by legislation. If I get my guy in the office, then we're going to be okay. It's important to get your guy in the office if he's one who's going to carry out the principles of the word. And let me give you a little voting guidance. Do not pick the person because they went to a church service and cried. Super easy for those politicians to do it. They do it all the time. Show up at church and cried, spun in circles at your church service and cried. Oh, man of God, woman of God, can I see your voting record? Boy, that's in a little too po political, Pastor Jamie. No, it's not. That's truth. So if you come at me and tell me I'm going to stand for these principles, didn't mean they had to run around, pray in tongues, quote six Bible verses. Will you stand for these principles? So show me what your voting record is. When it was time to protect the babies from murder and child sacrifice, did you vote correctly? That's all I need to know. I don't, I don't need a tear. I don't need two Bible verses from you because that's the job I'm electing you for. Hello? Don't be uncomfortable. This is just simply truth. In the same way, if you are going to care for one of my children, my precious children, you darn right I'm going to ask you every question. And it is my business. I don't care whether you're the coach, the teacher, the counselor, whoever else. It is my business because I have a stewardship to train and teach godly seed and impart into them. Yes, it's my business. So I want you to be encouraged. You got parents. If you got kids with a cell phone and you did not have the wisdom to establish boundaries, take it tonight and then figure out your game. And I give honor to those of you who haven't yet figured the game out and you said, sorry, kid, I, you can't get one until I figure out the game because the game is crazy right now. These people are after your kids. Okay? Unless you think I'm somehow jumping on a certain platform, I'm not registered as a Democrat or a Republican. I've been an independent for about the last 15 years. Why? Because I would like to be able as a minister of the gospel to speak to it and nobody ever claim that I'm, oh, you on that side, you, you doing this, you doing. No, I'm with Jesus. And if you align with what he says, I don't care what letter you got, if you align with what he says, okay, cool, you can get my vote. <laughs> I'm good. But I'm not worried about all that. So this stuff, again, is for the next generation. These kids, the world would love to grab your kids. So take it seriously. 
tonight, if some of you guys' parents didn't know, we're having a night of worship over at the South Campus. One of our friends over at North Central Baptist, a great young lady, um, the senior in high school is coordinated. It's a united night of worship. There's probably about 12, 15 youth groups across the county. They're going to be there. So 6 o'clock tonight, I'll be there. They asked me to share the gospel tonight. So I'll be there at 6 tonight. So bring your kids. I'll be there. So if you want to drop them off, that's fine. I'll be there. I'll make sure they're safe and covered. Because the next generation is important because they're after the next generation. Why? Because the enemy is after the next generation. You know why? Because remember back to the garden when he was talking to Eve. <laughs> Eve, girl, hey, 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 girl. Did God really say? I mean, come on now. Did he really say that? I mean, y'all were talking and, you know, he's so big and out there. But did he really say that that was what it was? That didn't end so well for us. But that's the hope that the enemy has every time for humanity. He wants you and your children, the next generation, to go back and say, eh, did God really? I don't know how I feel about that. Irrelevant how you feel about it. Align with his truth. And the powerful work of the Holy Spirit is that he helps us to surrender ourselves. Do you think everything that you guys can answer this yourselves, that I, since the time of salvation when I was about 8 or 10 years old, liked everything? No! There's a lot of stuff I didn't like that I had to line up with, I had to repent of, turn to the Lord for. Why? Because we're dying to ourselves in order to live to him. We take up our cross daily. You realize when he says take up your cross, it's not because you went to the Christian bookstore and got a little cross pendant and said, I take up my cross. And if you're, a, if you're, you're a young guy like my son who likes a little longer chain, you got a longer chain, so I mean, you know, or a little cute. No, he actually meant taking up your cross as in dying to yourself in your lives to say, Lord, we surrender to you in worship and in honor because you know best. So in all these things, what we're looking for is this, aligning with what God's design is for us. Because here's the principle I'll give you. Departure from divine design disrupts destiny. Departure from divine design disrupts destiny. This is a guitar. It's my guitar. Wanted one of these for a long time. It's a Martin. I like the sound of Martin guitars. Taylors are great. Usually got to spend a little bit more money in Taylor to get the tone that you want to get. But I was like, I remember picking up this guitar for the first time when they shipped it over to the Guitar Center, went and got it. I was like, yeah, that's it right there. The finish was the one I wanted. I didn't want too much sheen. That way I don't have to clean it as much, just being honest. But I also like that flat finish there. But you didn't have to question when I picked this up what it was for, did you? Because you've seen it function in what it's supposed to do. Even those of you who are not serious musicians, like my man Steve over there who I can hear amen in me. If I take this E way out of tune and it's really bad, even the person who doesn't know any music are like, whoa, that's off. In addition, if you saw me over here laying it on the ground to invite my little girl Abigail over to do one of her Lego creations on it, you'd be a I'm like, I don't know how much you paid for that, Pastor Jamie, that's probably not wise. It's not what it's made for. Those Lego mats are available on Amazon. 
That ain't no Lego map, bro. You okay? You sleeping? You all right? Additionally, if you saw me out there in the field, getting ready for the boys out there to play football, and I thought I needed to bring that grass down a little bit, and I take this guitar, and I start doing this with it to trim grass down. You'd be like, okay, uh, can we get uh, Miss Wendy to have an appointment with Pastor Jamie, give him some counseling, because that brother has done lost all of the marbles, scattered them on the ground, gone. But you knew because it was functioning according to its design. And you see clearly when it's not functioning by its design, and you can call it what it is clearly. My encouragement when we look at these Romans 1 issues is not for us to get into some big realm politically and my campaign, no. It's not for us to be super hateful against one group or this group or that group, not see all sin, but it's for us to say, what is the Lord's order and design? And did I like to retain his knowledge? And I love that the ESV says it that way. Did not like to retain the knowledge of God. You see, some of us may just do it, but did you actually like it? And you know what that comes comes down to? Am I surrendering my heart? Did I actually really say, you know what? This is what I want to, even if I don't like it right now, Lord, I want to like it. (laughs) Come on, you remember the passage of scripture? Lord, I believe, help my unbelief. I I so respect the honesty of that father because he didn't say, I got it all figured out. I'm going to come in here. Yeah, my son's going to get healed because I know Jesus can. He was like, Lord, (laughs) it's been a hot mess. I I still got some issues kind of figuring out. If I really believe everything that you said you could do, help me with that gap. But we can't do nothing else right now, man. This kid's been this way for years. We're just going to bring him to you. I mean, would it help that when we see people with habitual sins in their life? Instead of us saying, stop this right now with an angry tone, but you say, you know what? I can't tell you why you feel that way, except that you got to turn to the Lord. And I can't say it's going to get easier tomorrow, but if you'll turn to him, I know it will. Because he'll give you strength. He's already promised in his word not to leave you or forsake you. He's already promised that if you'll obey and walk in his word, that is the firm foundation like we were talking about earlier. You know what I'm saying? Stand with me. Stand with me. Because it's about us going to what does he say for all these areas of our lives? And so for some of you today, you need to dial down your trust in what the world is saying right now. Okay? You may need to shut some news down or something for a time. Some of y'all need to dial it up because you don't have a clue. I'm just being real. Right? It's, like, it's not bliss, you know, this whole ignorance is bliss thing. I, let's be honest. If five children were shot in your county by some murderer, you remember back in, I think it was the 90s, and um, I think his name was John Lee Malvo, the guy and his, 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 his young nephew were driving around Washington, D.C., shooting people randomly? I, probably a good thing to know. Oh, you know, I've just been over here praying and, and being in the spirit, and I didn't, while I send my kid out to a park while this murderous guy is out here, and also that he should be subdued, so to be honest, he faces justice, but also he has a chance to repent instead of facing hellfire, it kind of be important to know. So I'm encouraging you, figure out where you are, but then come back to this. Proverbs 3 says it this way, trust in the Lord with all your heart, 
lean not on your own understanding. In all your ways acknowledge him, and he shall direct your paths. He'll direct you in everything you're called to do. We're going to change gears a little bit. You playing in C, Crystal, already? Okay, good. <laughs> See the music thing. We were singing that song earlier. I want to go back to that song because this is what we're talking about, the firm foundation the Lord has. The rest of the band, y'all can probably hear me back there. Come on out. We're going to play firm foundation again. Because I want us to make a declaration that the Word of God and His Holy Spirit is what we're going to stand with. And that he'll be with us if we have difficult conversations, sins we need to repent of, whatever that might be, that his grace is sufficient. Prayer team, come on down. If you need to stand with somebody, speak something, confess something. Some of them might have a prophetic word for you, whatever that might be. Let's just allow God to do what he needs to do in and through us right now. Declaring he is Lord of all, faithful and true. I'm going to say, Christ is my firm foundation, the rock on which I stand, when everything around me is shaking. I've never been more glad that I put my faith in Jesus. He's never let me Faithful through generations, so why would he fail now? He won't. And I still got joy in chaos. I've got peace that makes no sense. 
was built on you I'm safe and I'm safe with you I'm gonna make it through Sing Rain came Rain came with blue My house was built on you I'm safe with you, Lord And I'm safe with you I'm gonna make it through Sing one more time, Rain came declare you are a firm foundation, Lord. Despite what we face, despite the challenges, despite difficult portions to us, at times of your word, we declare you are our foundation. And we are setting ourselves to walk in that. And I thank you for the work of the Holy Spirit in each of us right where you are, right where we are, God, to be where you are and to walk with you in every way. I pray specifically, Lord, those who have conversations they need to have in their families, with friends, God along these lines of these difficult issues that they'll have them. I declare a special and strong grace and anointing over parents, Lord, who need to get into it with some areas with their kids. I thank you that they have grace from you, God. You were not surprised or confused when they had children. You knew. <laughs> 
And so I declare that they are strengthened by you to accomplish what they are called to do, Father, to train up sharp arrows that will go into this culture and make an impact for the kingdom of God. I declare over those of us, Father, people who may be struggling in some different areas of sin in their life, I'm declaring deliverance and healing in Jesus' name, declaring that they're coming out to say, I turn away from that and I turn to what the Lord has. And Father, for those today who need to just lay their life down and say, I need to receive Jesus as Lord and Savior, I pray for them today, God, that they'll come to that place of saying, yeah, I, 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 Lord, I receive it. I don't understand every bit of it, but I know Jesus has made a way for me to come off this path of sin and death heading to hell and to go to the path of eternal life, because this is eternal life, that they may know you, the only true God and Jesus Christ whom you sent. And so I declare that today. And so we thank you, God. Your grace is sufficient. Even so much so it's perfected in our weakness, Lord. So we bless you, we honor you, and we thank you for this day in your house today. In Jesus' name. Come on, lift up one more shout of praise to him. Come on, lift it up. Thank you for listening to our podcast. For more information about our church, visit therockonline.org.